Welcome to the Retro Photo Film Podcast, where we break down 50 years of film and digital photography with a true Renaissance man. Grab your favorite darkroom snack. It's time to talk photography with your host, Al Tallene. Hi, this is Al. Welcome to Retro Photo Films Podcast. This is the fourth episode in an ongoing series of a trip that I took with my University of Utah students back in 1990. We've already covered the Berlin, Leipzig, and Wrocław, Poland, and Prague. Today we're going to talk about going through Vienna and also Budapest. We were driving in three separate vans, uh, 1990 Ford vans that uh, held about uh, eight to ten people per van, depending on how close you sat. So traveling through any city, big or small, or towns, villages, we were quite a spectacle because the three vans followed each other. Two were white, one was red. There was no distinction in the red van except that we kind of stayed with the band that we started off with so that I didn't get confused of who was belonged where and also that we didn't leave anybody behind in any of the cities because we were only there for a short period of time. And, and Vienna was just one of those cities was the same. We pulled into Vienna, and it was later in the evening. Most of the time when we pulled into these cities, it was later in the evening because we used the daylight for photographing and the nighttime for traveling. When we arrived, we checked into the youth hostel, and in being in Vienna, it was a very nice youth hostel. Some of the places we stayed in were pretty low-grade places, but they were also cheap, and that was good for us because we are on this budget. So in the morning, we woke up and walked out of our youth hostel we walked down a corridor lined both sides with cement and graffiti kind of paintings on both sides. And it was great art, but we were like going, wow, okay, this is Vienna. Welcome to Vienna. You think of Vienna with all these other pomp and ceremonies and all this other kind of stuff. And like, okay, well, we're in this part of town where they don't have that. Very interesting and very photographic. So we drove into the city and drove around and we had one person in the group who could speak German. And so that person always was in the lead van. So it was easy for her to be reading the signs where we shouldn't go, couldn't go, and had a map of the things we wanted to kind of see. Vienna was not a place, since it was a Western European country, it's not one of the countries we wanted to spend a lot of time in. So we really only spent like a half a day in Vienna, driving around, photographing, stopping, getting out, parking, taking pictures, and looking at some sites, but not doing much. I think we had some on-the-street to-go food. So it was quick, beautiful. So we headed towards Budapest because we had some appointments there, and that seemed like a more romantic place to photograph to the rest of us. And we were then headed from there into Yugoslavia, and from Yugoslavia into Romania, and then from Romania back into Yugoslavia. We quickly found our hotels once we got into the city, and then set out to photograph. It was a sunny, beautiful, nice, warm day, and we didn't have a lot of those as we were traveling, so we were making hay while the sun shines on this one. We spent most of the time up on the Pest side, which is kind of up on a hill, and then there's a castle up there. The Pest side is very large anyway, but it's like that's where we started out, and we spent most of our day up there photographing. There was a uh, fair kind of thing going on. 
and a lot of booths and, and wonderful artwork and wonderful handmade products. So the day went really nice and it was really kind of fun. A lot of film shot, a lot of interesting things. Of course, no one spoke Hungarian. You know, we always bumped into people who knew some English and, and usually we could find a student somewhere and they could help us out and guide us to where we needed to go. But that day we were just photographing everything that was on the Buddha side. We stayed there till dark came and photographed the Pest side and the Danube River and the bridges, the wonderful bridges across the Danube River at nighttime. It was just really wonderful to photograph night shots. We all had tripods and so it was easy to take the shots that we needed to take. And we were using Kodak film and it was the tungsten film. So I think it only had like an ISO of 160. So very low shutter speeds and we usually had our lenses wide open so that we could capture everything we needed. I did some of it where my work where I actually stopped it way down so that I got my F-16 and got the depth of field that I was looking for. But that really took long, long exposures. And I did some of those and, and they still worked out great and beautiful. If you look at uh, January 14th, you'll see the photographs that were taken at nighttime and some of the daytime stuff at Budapest on my Instagram account. The next day was a very event-filled day. We had scheduled to meet with a museum that had some photographic exhibits going on, and we could talk with the museum staff there, plus some of the photographers, because it was the opening of their exhibit, and also a kind of a musical festival going on. And we thought, oh, this is really going to be cool. So as we walked in... We're all wearing our, our traveling clothes. We're all got our photographic vests on and not really snazzy looking people. And we walk into this museum that had culture written all over it. And we got in and the people were all dressed in tuxes and beautiful clothing and evening gowns, high heels, beautiful ladies, everything. And here we are. We were very conspicuous. We tried to not be conspicuous, but we were very conspicuous. And once they saw us, it was like the director came up and gave me a hug and, and was talking to me in English and said, we're so happy to see you here. We're happy to have you here. And we're like, okay. And then he proceeds to go over to the microphone and said, I would like to introduce our friends from America who have come here for this exhibit, especially for this exhibit. And we were the honored host guests of this event, which <laughs> here we stood there looking really ratty and taggy and flick. But, uh, you know, they, they understood that because we've told totally been traveling a lot. So then the musical event was in itself an incredible thing because as you look around the room, and here's one of the shots on that day in Budapest, there's all these strange pieces of equipment and there was all these strange noises coming out of these pieces of equipment. I mean, it was like kind of violinish and you know, and all these kind of things. It was very avant-garde. And what this was was that this was the premiere of all these musical instruments that these students had made out of trash from the garbage dump site that they could go to and pick out anything they wanted, and they had to make a musical instrument out of it. And so this is where they were playing, each one of them, their piece that they had written. 
and that they had made the, the music from their particular instrument. Very fascinating. The <laughs> great part about it was is that we loved that there was free food and free drinks, and it was great. The photographic exhibit was very harsh, very, very, very harsh. In fact, the prize photograph there was a picture taken of a table that was out in the woods, and this person, the photographer, was explaining what life was like in Hungary at that time. The table was set, and in the middle of the table was a huge, big pile of shit. And each one of the plates had two or three big turds on it, and it was like the whole banquet was, this is what we eat here, and this is what the photographer explained to us, was, this is what we eat here in Hungary. This is what we're eating. We're all eating shit. Nothing is great here at this time. And so we wanted the world to know, so we made this photograph, set it up, and photographed it that way so that they would know what we are eating here. Very graphic. Now, that really wasn't what they were eating because we had a lot of great food. Some of the best soup in the world is in <laughs> Budapest. And so we had great, great food. And their goulash is fabulous, too. So, But I think it was their indication. That night, we wanted to do some more nighttime photography, but we spent the rest of that day after that wonderful program on the Pest side, photographed war monuments and things like that. And then as the evening fell, we noticed that there was this huge castle. So a group of us drove our buses over to where the castle was and started to walking around taking pictures. And it was nighttime now, and it was beautiful, and it was just really, really nice. And we were deep into the castle grounds, photographing everything, and all of a sudden, four young 17-year-old soldiers came up with AK-47s, put them in our face, I mean, just didn't point them at us, but put them in our face and said, started talking to us in Russian, and we're like, mm, we don't understand, we're American, and they just took the rifles and pushed them against us and told us, pushed us away and said to leave, motion is to get out of there. So it didn't take much of a hint for that. We backed up our tripods and we were out of there because we don't want to be around a 17-year-old with an AK-47 and have somebody think that we are the enemy. So we did take some great pictures of it. The picture that you're looking at is the castle by moonlight. It's lit up. And what we did was we drove around away from that. And there was this kind of like a, it wasn't really a lake or a, it was kind of like a pond thing. So you can see the reflection of it in the water. And that, that's my shot that I loved at that particular castle. We then drove back to our youth hostel. We got there. I was met by a couple of students who had stayed behind and said, would you please come to our room? And I went, okay. So we went to the room. And as I got there, the third bus had decided they no longer wanted to continue on going on the rest of the voyage into the communistic countries that we had outlined. So they said they wanted to go back to Berlin. They were tired of eating sausages and bread and cheese. They wanted to go back to Berlin and just stay in hotels there and have a nice vacation rather than this kind of arduous trip, which was spontaneous. I mean, we had no idea. Once we got into the different cities. We didn't know where we were going to stay or what we were going to do. Some we had mapped out, some we didn't. 
So anyway, they decided that was it. So we divvied up what money we had left there, and they took off the next morning and headed back to Berlin. And the two buses and I headed into Yugoslavia. And that's where we had this fabulous adventure in, in Yugoslavia. That adventure that started there in 1990 continues on in Salt Lake City, where I live, to today. Well, that's next times. But let me tell you a little tiny bit about some of my students. There were 10 women and 13 guys, in, including me. They were as diverse as you could get. The oldest one was a 60-year-old lady who was a great photographer, and she was a grandmother. The youngest was a 19-year-old, so we had a very long span in between. And personalities, wow, we had everything you could think of. One was from El Salvador, and we had kind of some of the borders. We had a lot of problems with him because they were having problems in El Salvador at the time, so they thought maybe he might be a terrorist. But we always made it through. And then we had a Canadian with us. I was born Canadian, so there were two of us. Then we also had someone from Korea there with us. So we had someone there who could speak German, someone who could speak Korean, someone who could speak Swedish, which was me, and also two people could speak Spanish. So we had a very good mix of languages. Each one of the buses carried about eight passengers. I mean, they're 23, so three times eight, some 24. So it was one extra spot where, depending on who it was, they shifted around from van to van because they got tired of being with the listening to the same stories and the same stuff that was going on. We had one guy who was absolutely a know-it-all. He knew everything. No matter what you said, he knew about it and he had an opinion about it. So it was really it was very interesting, but it got tiresome sometimes. We also had another guy who was like, no matter where you were taking pictures, this guy popped up in front of your lens. Why he had to be in everybody's photograph, I have no idea. But it started at the beginning, and he went all the way through to the end. And it's like you're focusing your shot, and you're looking at all of a sudden, there he is. He's in the shot again. And if you look back at the Leipzig photograph, he's the one standing at the fast food place getting his lunch. We had good drivers and bad drivers. One of the buses, a female driver, creamed it with a garbage can in Germany and took out part of the side. So, But we were covered by insurance, so it was like great for that purpose, but it wasn't good for that driver. We also had some fast drivers, which was nice also in Germany because you're going on the Autobahn and it's like crazy, crazy, crazy. Everyone had an international driver's license and applied for it before we left and everyone had that so we could drive without any problem of the authorities. Needless to say, we never ate out at very fancy restaurants. We ate very limited on a budget. So the cheese, bread, and sausage was a very main staple. But that was a staple for the people too. So it was like, that was okay. We were fine. I mean, What's a couple of weeks of eating cheese and sausage and bread it was great. It was great bread and great cheese and great sausage. So, you know, no problem at all. All in all, it was a very fun group to be around. And we didn't have any fisticuff fights or anything else. But we did have a good time. Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate you listening to my podcast. And especially this group of what's going on here where we're traveling through Europe with my students. In a few more podcasts, a few more episodes that will probably end and we'll go back to just normal talking about photography and the photographs that I've taken and I'll have some guests. I've got some really cool people lined up to share and reminisce their photography and my photography together and analyze it and have fun. So 
tune in again. Thank you for listening and leave a comment. You have been listening to the Retro Photo Film Podcast. Follow Al on Instagram at Retro Photo Film to see all his latest photos and learn more about the stories behind the photos.